Go Your Own Way is brought to you by Overmental.com, the media culture hive mind. Enjoy the adventure. Hey listeners, welcome to Go Your Own Way, the podcast where we sometimes... Damn it. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's on par with basically all the other intros I do. This is Peter, back again for more adventures. I wasn't here last week, but two people were here last week. Jen. Yo. And Eric. It's true. We were here. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today, guys? Dude, it's cold. <laughs> it is cold. Why don't you tell Eric how cold oh, wait, wait. it is? I should preface this by saying that this has been the hottest winter ever. Like, it got up to 80 degrees. <laughs> and now it's 40. Fun. So, now it's the coldest winter ever. <laughs> Is those, those are those actual records? No. Or are you just the, saying that? The hot, <laughs> the hot one definitely is. Oh, like, okay. it felt like summer. And it was December. Something wow. is wrong. Global warming, guys. Well, I don't have snow like Eric does, uh, <laughs> but so I can't complain too much. Although, uh, the last couple of weeks, it's basically just been raining continuously. Well, yeah. El Nino is here, man. El Nino is here to stay. Um, but we had, was that maybe a week ago, it was like... Within a 24-hour period, the most rain that Portland has ever gotten, like, in the history of ever, or something. Which is saying a lot, because there's a lot of rain here. Send some of but that down here. I will try with my rain dance. Mm-hmm. Rain dance? No, but seriously, there's been a lot of flooding and shit, so that's bad. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all that excess water could be down here, so I don't have to, like, act like I'm in a third-world country anymore. <laughs> well, at least now you're in a cold third world country. That's right. All right. Well, enough chit chat that I instigated. <laughs> God damn it, Peter. I know. So, listeners, uh, and you too, I guess, a uh, few weeks back, we did a story called Danger Zones. Uh, if you people remember, that was a choose your own adventure super adventure, which basically means it's three stories in one. Uh, we played one of those three. It was the Tibetan documents, I believe. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds very familiar. In that it was kind of terrible. In that it was kind of terrible. It did not make a lot of sense. I gotta say. I mean, in the end, we were looking for the documents, and then in the end, they just appeared there, basically. (laughs) With no explanation. Spoilers. This episode is brought to you by some snack, which I'm not sure. Something with packaging. Yeah, I'm trying to get this sucker open. I'm so sorry. Is this mini, I'm just is this like failing. Yeah. Is it, there. Is it fighting with you? I got it. 
Don't let it win. I won. I believe in your victory. Mm. Well, Nabisco, it's time to give us money. <laughs> I won. I did it. Feminism. <laughs> we can do it. No. Like, anytime this group of friends of mine, anytime we have a problem opening, like, a water bottle or something, and, like, <laughs> each of us tries really hard, the moment one of us finally gets it, someone always has to yell feminism it's terrible (laughs) (laughs) oh boy well with that out of the way for now Mm -hmm. uh, let's see I'm going to try to refresh all of our memories including mine (laughs) uh, about what this the the setup there's the setup for the story and then it kind of splits in three directions Um, basically we have three older brothers uh, let's see if I can find their names. Michael, Pete, and... Mm, where's the third one? I'm so prepared, listener. <laughs> oh, well, the names don't matter. But, let's see. Um, one of them says, I'm going to the Taklamakan Desert in Chinese Central Asia in search of a treasure caravan lost 200 years ago. Um, let's see. And then he says the Taklamakan is the world's most treacherous desert. It's dry death where moving sands create dunes 300 feet high. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The Great Silk Route lost many of its greedy travelers as they cross the more treacherous stretches through the desert. Uh, let's see. Um, it's when engine plane was lost in that desert, I guess. And that's, that's one option we have of uh, something to look for. Then there was the Himalayas in Nepal looking for the the documents hidden by monks or something, which we did last time. Right. So that's not an option. Unless you guys want to play the game. <laughs> no, that's not happening. <laughs> China is Sam, is it did I say that name yet? I think that's the third brother. That sounds right. Sam, Michael, and Peter. Or Pete. Excuse me, I'm Peter. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up, Jen. I, Peter. Um, you, Jen. I, Peter. I said I'm Peter and say I, Peter. <laughs> That's not what I heard. <laughs> uh, whatever. Okay, and then, okay, so the other option we have is, so we have the the desert thing, and then we also have the searching for two lost Americans last seen at the Mandarin Hotel in Hong Kong. Mm. The orders, their, god damn it, their families have ordered me a half million dollar reward if I can find them and bring them back safe and sound. Don't have many clues, but they're enough for a start. The search will involve danger. Hence the name Danger Zones. Hong Kong is a city of intrigue, smuggling, drug dealing, and political kidnappings. Okay. So, is that enough vague information? <laughs> yeah. To jog your memories? I think so. Okay. So, we can search for the last caravan in the Taklamakan Desert with Michael, or we can join Sam in searching for the two lost Americans in Hong Kong. I am for Hong Kong. Hong Kong? Is that a unanimous decision? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to Hong Kong, listeners. Jen, I had to uh, 
tried. I was trying to think earlier. Didn't you speak Chinese in one of our episodes once? I think I did. I couldn't remember which one it was, though. I don't remember. Uh, I think I did. Oh, God. There was also the time where you did, like, the Asian... Bo- and not the, the, you did, like, the Chinese man voice <laughs> yeah. once in the cracking up. <laughs> They're my people. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not going to do the same. That's okay. They're not your people. They're not. <laughs> That's right. I saw a uh, stand-up on Netflix once, and the description for, like, the bit was literally white woman does racist impressions. <laughs> and I was just, like, well, I mean, it wasn't literally that, but, like, it it boiled down very much to white woman does racist impressions, and I was like, how, how, how did this make it this far? What happened? What went wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we hope we won't run into any of that Mm -hmm. as we start our story. I hope Michael and Pete aren't mad at me for choosing to go with you, you say a week later, as you and Sam sit, having tea at a restaurant atop the highest hill in Hong Kong. The sight of the Jade Green Bay below, the islands, and mainland China are beautiful. You wonder how crime could flourish in such a lovely place. Don't worry, they'll understand. And you'll get a chance to go with them another time, answers Sam. Yeah, I guess you're right, you reply. Little does he know that we already went with one of them. Yeah, we did. (sighs) Right now. (laughs) Sorry, Sam, you weren't our first choice. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Right now, we have a major choice to make. We could either go to the U.S. consulate here and get their help, or we could contact the Dragon Tong, a notorious Chinese gang. They deal in information as well as everything else. I know it's dangerous to talk to them, but we do but we do know that Bill Foote and Mario Melito Oh sorry. I know it's dangerous to talk to them, but we do know that Bill Foote and Mario Melito, the two Americans, had an introduction to the Dragon Tong from a branch of the gang in San Francisco. The odd thing about all this is that Foot is that the Foot and Melito families are reluctant to explain what they were doing here in Hong Kong in the first place. Okay. So, should we see the Dragon Tong or the U.S. Consulate? Hmm. This sounds kind of familiar um, with uh, the Mona Lisa story. How we were like, should we go to the the French FBI or should we listen to our friend who knows the streets? Right. It's true. It's true. And I don't, I don't remember which one was the right answer. Well, I mean, the triads know what's up. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of leaning towards the gang. Aren't the triads Japanese? Am I confused? You might be confused. I don't know. Oh. Oh, wait. The triads are Chinese, and the Yakuza are Japanese? That's right. That's correct. Oh, okay. Alright. My bad. Sorry. Any Asian gangsters who might have been offended by my (laughs) mixing up your countries of origin. If you're an Asian gangster, tell us on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) The 
Hell's Angels are all American, baby. <laughs> That's right. So are we going to go see the Dragon Tong? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. You return to your hotel room to prepare for a visit to the Tong. The Dragon Tong probably know we're here, and they probably know why, Sam tells you. Don't be too surprised at anything they say. We'll meet them at the Bear Paw restaurant, okay? The Foot family's lawyer told me that the Bear Paw is supposed to be the headquarters of the Tong. Why don't you call and make arrangements? Sure thing, you reply. Here's the number. The contact's name is a Mr. Chu. Nervously, you dial the number Sam gave you and wait as it rings. Then jump ahead like 60 pages. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, may I help you? Mr. Chu, you ask? Yes, Mr. Chu, yes. Who is it, please? I'm an American. My brother and I have come to talk about a certain subject, you reply. That's not vague. No. Ah, Americans. Good, good. And good, good is hyphenated. Americans. <laughs> we can talk very soon. I like Americans. The sooner the better. Is 6 p.m. all right, Mr. Chu asks? Yes, fine, you reply. You are proud that Sam has let you handle this important call. It feels good to work with you, Sam, you say. Sam nods. He's equipping himself with a small tape recorder, strapping it to his lower leg. I don't want to miss a word they say, Sam tells you, demonstrating how he can turn the tape recorder on by pretending to scratch his leg. It's easy to use this, he goes on, but we have to be careful. The tong play tough. <laughs> okay, that's cool. And then jump back again. Do you expect trouble, Sam? You ask. Sam fiddles with the tape recorder a bit more and then answers. Truthfully, I don't know what we're getting into. Okay, I'm set. Let's go to the Bear Paw a little early and check it out. At that moment, the phone rings. You pick it up. Hello, yes? This is room for 402. No? Yes? I'm sure. No problem. You hang up. Wrong number, you tell Sam. That's strange, he says. I have a feeling that was a call to find out if we're in the room. I smell trouble. Uh -oh. What do you think we should do? We're vulnerable if we stay here. If you recommend sitting tight anyway and seeing what happens, turn to page 29. If you recommend leaving by the fire escape outside the window, turn to page 108. Fire escape. Yep. This is a Danger Zones book. Mm -hmm. So, leaving by the fire escape sounds more like a Danger Zone. It's what Tom Cruise would do. The room itself is a Danger Zone. And we're getting away from it. I'm all for getting out of here, Sam, you say. If we use the door, we'll be followed. Let's head for the window. The window sticks, but the two of you push hard, and finally it gives way just enough so that you can squeeze out onto the narrow iron fire escape four floors above the lovely interior garden of the hotel. Follow me, Sam says, hurrying down the fancy black and red steps that lead to the garden. Looks like no one has seen us, you say. For now, anyway, Sam replies. You reach the ground level and quickly pass through the garden with its small pagoda surrounded by a reflecting pool. There is a door leading to a busy street in the front of the hotel. You check behind you to be sure you're not being followed, then step into the traffic, traffic jammed street. The hot sun beats down on you and within minutes you feel sweat running down your back. Sam finally slows down about four blocks from the hotel. 
Okay, let's head to the Bear Paw restaurant. Right, lead the way, you reply. It doesn't take long to get to the Bear Paw. It's on the second floor of a large shopping mall not far from the hotel. The mall's crowded with people, and you have to wait in line uh, to ride an elevator to the second floor. The red and green lacquered door of the Bear Paw restaurant opens with a gentle push. You are greeted by a short, pudgy, round-faced Chinese man dressed in a black tuxedo. He holds menus in one hand and extends the other in greeting. Welcome to the Bear Paw. Thank you, you reply. We're looking for a Mr. Chu. Right this way, right this way. He walks rapidly through the crowded dining room to the back of the restaurant. Mr. Chu awaits you, he says, with a slight bow. You enter a dimly lit room and see a frail, elderly man seated at an oval table. He is smoking a cigarette. When he smiles and welcomes you, you notice several gold teeth. And there's kind of a scary-looking illustration here. Rawr. <laughs> but I'm sure you listeners are already imagining something. So, sit, sit. People are always in such a rush. But I will be brief. I know from my sources that you seek the Americans, Foot and Molito. I can be of help, possibly, but in return, I want a special favor. This favor does not involve money, drugs, or anything like that. It involves my granddaughter. If I guarantee the finding of Foot and Molito alive and well, will you promise to help my granddaughter? Her name is Lan Ping. So, we can decide to go along with Mr. Chu, or we can ask for more information. Hmm. Mm. Seems mm. like we might as well get more information, right? Yeah, I agree. Do you think there's any risk of him getting mad if we ask for more information? I don't think so. But, I mean, you never know, but... Yeah. But I don't yeah. think so. I, I mean, I think it's probably safe, but... I guess we'll find out real quick. Since the only other option is to go along with it, I kind of feel like asking for more information is just going to be more information. Well, we want more information, right? Right. Okay. Let's do it, then. We just can't commit ourselves to something like this without more details and a better understanding of what we're getting into, you tell Mr. Chu. Of course, of course, I understand. You are very smart for one so young in years. Hey, we're smart. Woo! Well, I don't know about that. My brothers always taught me to check things out first. They're the wise ones, you reply. Do not sell yourself short, Mr. Chu replies, half concealing a knowing and friendly smile. Shall we proceed then? What would you like me to explain? At that moment, the door opens, and the pudgy restaurant manager in the black tuxedo rushes to Mr. Chu. He bends down and whispers something in his ear. A moment later, Mr. Chu speaks. I'm sorry, but you must go now, immediately. He claps his hands three times, and two servants emerge from a side door. They usher you and Sam out of the room. Wait, wait a minute, you shout. This doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> it does not. There is not time. Be gone. Mr. Chu vanishes behind a closed door and you and Sam stand awkwardly in the crowded main dining room of the restaurant. The man in the tuxedo is busy showing patrons to their tables. He shoots angry glances at you, trying to make you hurry up and leave. Hey Sam, look over here near the escalator. Isn't that Chu? I'm sure that's him. 
Oh god, maybe we're just really racist. <laughs> <laughs> He's everywhere. Maybe we should split up, Sam replies. One of us will follow that man. The other will stay here and keep a watch on the place. They want us out, but they can't very well kick us out if we sit down for a meal, can they? So we can follow Mr. Chu, if it is Mr. Chu, or let Sam go after the man while you stay on watch in the restaurant. Um, I mean, what, like, what might we be waiting for if we stay in the restaurant? Like, what's the thing that might happen? Well, if Chu is still here, and he didn't leave, oh, okay, then we might catch something, or like see where he's going. Because all it says is that he vanishes behind a closed door. So. Um, he might be in the back. I, I kind of suspect that the guy that we saw is not him. But, I mean, you never know. I, I could be down to wait and see what happens. Sure. I mean, I guess Sam is still going after the other guys, so... It just depends on what we personally decide to do. Yeah. Alright. Go ahead, Sam. I'm hungry anyway, you say. I'll stay here. After an 11-course meal, washed down with many cups of green tea, you look at your watch, only to realize that three hours have passed. Nothing has happened. Mr. Chu and his servants never appeared, and you have eaten an ordinary meal in an ordinary restaurant in bustling Hong Kong. I hope Sam comes back soon. I want some action, you say to yourself. <laughs> Finishing yet another cup of the odd-tasting green tea. Mm. Presently, you realize that you feel drowsy. <laughs> Damn it. And as sleep overtakes you, you are surrounded by a band of men from the Dragon Tongue who carry you away. You are powerless to resist. Looks like we're knee-deep in, in a danger zone. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Days later, still drowsy from the drugs, you survey the narrow dark room where you are kept. One door leads to a hallway. It is locked, and you know that a guard sits outside, awake and vigilant. Two hours later, you are visited by the pudgy manager of the Bear Paw restaurant. When you run with the big dogs, do not yap like a pup, he says, smiling in an unfriendly fashion. We should slit your throat and dump you in the bay, but Mr. Chu, with whom the Thomas occasionally trade favors, has requested that you be set free. So, we will let you go. However, you and your brother must leave Hong Kong tonight. The Dragon Tong has spoken. He claps his hands and an old Mr. Chu shuffles in to help you arrange for your departure from Hong Kong. The end. Aww. Uh, oh? That was rather Damn. abrupt. Well, I mean, in in one sense, that's a victory because we get to go to America. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we failed, I guess. Yeah. I mean, should we go all the way back and just accept the mission the guy gives us? Oh uh, yeah, probably. Because like they shuffle you back to America. Ooh, oh, oh, okay. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, 
it could be worse if we were actual people, but like, yeah, from a story perspective, it couldn't really be worse. Like, how boring is that? Is it just me, or have none of these danger zones turned out to be particularly dangerous? They are zones, but they're not very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Seventy-six. Okay, so we're just gonna go with Mr. Chu's mission rather than ask yeah. questions? Yes. Alright. I don't know what we're getting into, you whisper to Sam, but let's do it. He nods in agreement. Well, Mr. Chu, what can we do for you, you say, taking the seat that he points to at the table. The task is very simple, really, Mr. Chu replies. My granddaughter, Lan Ping, is 11 years old and refuses to travel to the United States with her mother to study in a very good school in San Francisco. She's afraid of the round eyes, as you non-Oriental Americans are called by some of our peoples. <laughs> Convince her that no harm will come to her in your great country. What did, what did he say? <laughs> the, the 11-year-old Chinese girl is afraid of the round eyes, as us non-Oriental Americans are called. Uh, yeah, I've never heard that. What? You've never heard round eyes? No, like, not from, like, actual Chinese people, no. Oh, is that like a... Oh, is that like some sort of bizarre, made-up slur where, like, only white people think that someone would say that? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's... Because white people call us slanty eyes, so of course... They want to think that we give them, like, the same, like, slur. Oh, wow. So white people maybe made up a slur to be applied to them just to feel like they were being oppressed by a group. Maybe. It just hasn't been my experience. Usually, when I refer to, when, like my mom refers to white people she just calls them foreigners which is super fun <laughs> and and that's like the typical like how you describe anyone that's not Chinese you call them a foreigner like that's the funny. Chinese word that I learned for white people for Americans was translates to foreigner well alright then well, as long as nobody calls me round eyes. Yeah, my eyes are kind of round, I guess. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, most eyes are round, so... Yeah, that's true. If you scoop out my eyeballs, are they not round? There we go. Good speech, Eric. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see. <laughs> White people everywhere, thank you. Or maybe the opposite, I don't know. Convince, uh, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't like round-eyed people. Convince her that no harm will come to her in your great country. That is all I ask. I will use my resources to return Foot and Melito. Mr. Chu sits back in his chair with a look of satisfaction on his face. Well, it's worth a try, you say to Sam. 
So legit, when I was going to school in LA, we had an exchange student come from, I don't think it was China, I think it was South Korea, um, but within a week, she was robbed at gunpoint. <laughs> oh my and god, that's terrible. went back. She was like, well, America's insane. Bye. <laughs> that's so sad. I, it was such a bummer. Like, huh. it sucked. Like, just, she got robbed, like, in the street at gunpoint in the middle of the night. Like, and she was just like, well, done. Nope. Bye, America. <laughs> um... Mr. Chu, are we to believe that you kidnapped the two Americans? Is that why you can return them? You ask? Why would you ask that? Right? Seriously. Mr. Chu looks at you knowingly and replies, No, I have kidnapped no one, but I am in possession of knowledge about where they are. For the time being, you can do nothing more than accept what he says. The old man seems too sure of himself and too well informed to be taken lightly but you have lingering doubts. You hold a whispered conference with Sam. Then you turn back to Mr. Chu. Let's meet Lan Ping, you say. Miss, Yes? Oh, I was just gonna say, can I say that this is the strangest... Like, if he did kidnap them, that is the weirdest kidnapping plot imaginable. <laughs> I will kidnap two Americans. Eventually the Americans will come look for them and I will blackmail those Americans into convincing my daughter that America is a good place to go to school. That is the craziest kidnapping plot ever. And it's not, apparently it's not even that good of a place to go to school because sometimes you'll get kidnapped by Chinese people. Right. (laughs) It's terrible. Mr. Chu claps his hands... And an attendant enters. Chu whispers in his ear, and the attendant departs, only to return some minutes later with a young girl. This is Lan Ping, Mr. Chu says, smiling broadly. Lan Ping stares at the two of you and then runs from the room. <laughs> Mr. Chu lifts his hands in annoyance. What can I do, he says. Well, that didn't start out too well, did it, Sam asks. You shake your head. I'll go after here, you say, and quickly leave the room. You find Lan Ping in the main dining room, sitting with a man, a woman, and three other children. No, I don't want to go. I won't go, Lan Ping says in a tearful voice as you approach her table. See, this is like uh, a situation you never want to be in, where in a public place, a man is approaching a young girl and she's screaming, I don't want to go, and running away from you. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a good look. God. The man at the table invites you to sit down, <laughs> explaining that he and the woman next to him are Lan Peng's parents. Alright. At least they seem to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. <laughs> They've contracted the kidnapper. <laughs> <laughs> we want only the best for her, he explains. Her grandfather says the best would be school in the States. He is worried because Hong Kong becomes a part of China again in 1990 when the British give it up. You turn to Lan Ping, who is huddled close to her mother. You and your family speak excellent English right now, it appears. I don't blame you for wanting to stay at home. That's what you really want, isn't it, all of you? 
Lan Peng looks at you and says, Yes, I don't ever want to leave home. China is where I belong. My parents want me here too. It is only grandfather who wishes this. Then stay. I'll do my best to convince your grandfather that your wish to stay in Hong Kong is good and correct. Lan Peng's father whispers to you, Did the old man try to make you believe he is with the dragon tong? Well, we were told he is, you reply. He isn't, not really. He's connected with them and does small things for them, as now with you, but he is not a criminal. You nod. You have reached a dead end with Mr. Chu. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Oh, I totally forgot we were looking for the two Americans. I got all caught up with this Mr. Chu drama. <laughs> the next afternoon, you and Sam are back at the hotel having tea. The afternoon paper reports the return of two missing Americans who say they were lost on a small boat for three weeks in the South China Sea. You have no idea whether their story is the truth, but you're glad Foot and Molito are safe. Well, it looks like this trip is over, you s- says Sam. Yeah, let's go home, you reply. Enough adventure for now. The end. Well, at least that time we solved it-ish. No, we didn't. I know. <laughs> we solved the mystery of Mr. Chu yeah. not being a guy. <laughs> the, it seems akin to the first story, too, right? Because right. it seemed like things kind of just solved themselves without really our input. Yeah. yeah. It seems like our actions are completely, like, useless. Beside the point. And, yeah, I totally forgot about, like, the main point of that story. <laughs> which was to find the Americans. <laughs> See, I want I want a version of the story where we're looking for two kidnapped Americans, but then and it, tur- it turns out in the end that we have amnesia and that we were kidnapped. And we are the Americans that we were looking for all along. <laughs> we saved ourselves by yeah. pretending to be kidnapped and then just going home. <laughs> <laughs> Enough adventure for now. Right. God. This story. So, do you guys want to try any other branches or are we done with this? I'm over it. Yeah. I don't need to deal with any more, like, existentially meaningless adventures. <laughs> Alright. Um, and so, for future reference, I suspect, I don't know if we ever want to try the third caravan story. Or if we just want to burn this book forever. We haven't really had much luck with the You've first been two. have burned twice. Fool me once, Although, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But third time's a charm. I don't know. I might want to, you know, revisit the existential meaninglessness of my actions at some point in the future. Okay. Well, we'll leave that door open for uh, getting burned again. <laughs> and I had something else to say, but my brain died. Oh no! I'm sorry about your brain. It's okay. Again, it happened again, shit. <laughs> okay, well, 
once again, listeners, if you want to play this yourself, uh, this is Choose Your Own Adventure, Super Adventure number two, Danger Zones, by R.A. Montgomery. And you can find that probably online somewhere for like 99 cents. Or at a bookstore, like me, but it's probably going to be a lot harder to find there. Uh, let's see. If you hated this story or you loved it, tell us on Facebook at facebook.com slash G-Y-O-W podcast. Last week you guys said like three different URLs and they were all wrong. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and I was yelling at my computer while I was editing that episode. <laughs> Uh, there's also twitter.com slash go your own way pod. Yes. Uh, let's see. iTunes. Let's just search for go your own way. Uh, Patreon or Patreon, however you want it to say it. It seems like Is it should also? be Patreon because we're trying to get patrons, right? Yeah. And it's Patreon like they pay us money. They're also giving us a pat on the back. No. So I don't know. I don't. We don't know. want your pats on the back. We want your dollars. We want your pay. We want your currency, and not your they bitcoins. Should just, they should just call it giveusmoney.com. Right. Slash go your own way. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find us on Patreon? Is there a URL? Is it slash go your own way pod? Uh, let me look. And I don't. I can't believe we don't even know that because we are terrible. We're terrible at trying to get money. Yeah, <laughs> give us money, but we don't know how. Um, you can also go to the Kindle store and search for "Dances with Sasquatch." That's our uh, first ebook. It came out a couple months ago, I think. Um, it has six stories, just like the one we just read, except written by us, and they are pretty awesome stories. Way better than the one that we just read. Yes, definitely. If we do say so ourselves. (laughs) So if you'd rather have tea with a Sasquatch while he asks you riddles, or you'd rather be a Magic 8-Ball, or run through a mysterious maze that's pretty scary, stuff like that. train animals to dance fight for you. Yes, yes, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm uh, having trouble remembering some of the stories. Did you find out it where we are? patreon.com slash G-Y-O-W. Oh. I love how, like, every one of our social media things is a different URL. Yeah. Why do you think we read them all wrong? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I totally get, like, why that happened. It's just funny. <laughs> oh, shit. Alright, well that's it. No more danger zones for a while. For for sake of closure, I think we should do the third one someday, but we'll leave it alone for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, listeners. Bye! For more original podcasts, videos, and pop culture news, visit Overmental.com. Thanks for listening.